I just want to welcome everybody here because we're in our first part of our, of our REACH uh, series. And what I want to do is we're during this series, we're going to talk about God, what God wants us each of our lives. How many of you know God wants to make each of our lives and make a difference in the world that we live in? And, and to make that impact. And I believe also we're going to be unveiling some amazing things that God's been speaking to me over and uh, so the vision God's given us as a church. And so our elders, our leadership team, our staff, we've been working hard for six months behind the scenes. And we've been being sneaky behind your back. Is that all right? And, and, and so we're preparing for the series and, and just for our future. And you know, one thing I've learned about walking with God over the last 35 years is that any life, any family, or any church, think about it, that makes an impact must first have a strong sense of God's vision for, their, for what God's called them to do. Amen? I think of every business, every business leader. You have to have a vision for what you want to be. My stepfather has a very successful business, and people in Lafayette know him. And he had several businesses, and he was successful. He started back just with a, a pickup and a, a little bit of a loan. And then he made he just, and his, his, and he's 77. He's got millions and millions and millions. But the bottom line is that I don't have any of it. <laughs> but the thing I, I just, I love to hear his story when he talks about his story, how he started out. And I know that many of you have a vision and a purpose for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for your children. When you look at them, when God gives you a child in your arms, you, all of a sudden you, you, just, you begin to, you change. You just change. How many of y'all are talking about? And, and so, you know, I, so you ask, what, what is the vision, Pastor Bub? I'm glad y'all ask great questions. I believe a vision is a clear picture of a preferable future. And see, I believe that, you know, for instance, a person has a vision of someone that has the ability to see a desired picture in their future and turn it into a reality. A vision allows you to see what you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, and what you're supposed to build. I remember each of our children, my wife and I, we have six uh, children, and for each of our children, when she get pregnant, there was a lot of, I mean, with six kids, she was pregnant a lot of time. I mean, at my family reunion, you know, like, we get together with my family and go, you know, I remember Tracy. She was just always pregnant. And, uh, but I remember when she, when we, we had Zach, it was our first. And, uh, you know, it's like we, we lived in this little apartment and our closet was so big, we made it his bedroom. And she had a vision, man, she fixed that little closet up and just all kinds of different things. And every one of our children, we didn't know what each, we didn't know what any of the sexes of our children were going to be till the last one. And it was a girl. We had five boys and one girl. And I remember she just prepared, she was getting the clothes. And then my daughter-in-law, Julie, she's having, Andrew and her, they found out they're having a little girl. And so they're all, you know, excited and everything else. And I just, you know, I'm excited for them because I, you know, I, I look at them right now. And at about eight months from now, they're going to look totally different. <laughs> you know, and I'm just excited because there's a vision, you know. You eat certain ways. You do certain things. I mean, you, women, you know how it is. Either you just, you eat right or you just go for it. You just go, you know. And so when God gives you a vision, you, what happens is you, you need to learn to make preparation. And if you're going to prepare, you have to prioritize, you have to plan, and you have to strategize. I know that I'm a hunter, and there's a lot of guys in our region that we like to hunt. We still kill things and eat things. Amen? Anybody? 
Come on, shout. And, and, you know, and the thing about, I love about hunting is that guys get a vision. They see the birds flying. They see the deer going. They're out there with their corn. They're out there with their blinds. They're with grass. And they're all kinds of stuff. You get the right shells. You get the right suit. You get the right call. I mean, did you hear about the late? Oh, man. You begin to prioritize. I mean, I'm talking about. And then you start going, oh, I got I to prior. I'm making a plan. And you get out there and you strategize how you're going to set your decoys up or where you're going to have your deer stand or whatever you're going to do. Turkey season's coming around the corner. And I know people are thinking about that. But let me just say something. You begin to make a plan. On the contrary, when people live a life without a vision, they live frustrated and they live fruitless lives. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, he says, where there is no vision, the people perish. It means where there's no picture, where there's no future, where there's no seeing beyond where you're at today, you begin to perish. You see, I, I want to open up, I want you to open up your Bibles to a, a portion of Scripture, and it's called, in Habakkuk. If you're looking for that in your Bible, it's on page 13 and 13, 18 in my Bible. I don't know about your Bible, but it's it's an Old Testament book. And what happens is it's a in, in chapter two, I want to I want to talk to you about today about the importance of seeing. And recording God's vision for your life. I actually put a, I should have had him do it this morning, but I didn't. But uh, it's okay. I, I'm going to read a portion of scripture. And then I'm going to see if I can read it from, uh, from another version as well. It's really good. And it, say, it says this, Habakkuk verse, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. It says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. He may, that he may run with who reads it. For the vision is yet of an appointed time. But at the end, end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. When you receive a vision, I believe this, from God, you need to write it down. You need to put it in your head. You need to put it in your thoughts. And you need to put it in your life. There's another portion of Scripture. It's the same verse in, in the NLT. It says, And the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it, will, and it will be fulfilled. It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. You know, one thing I've never put, you never put God's vision on a shelf. You never put it on the back of the bookshelf in your library. You never do that. See, what, you, what the Bible's saying is you need to write it down. You need to read it. You need to meditate on what God speaks to you. You need to ponder it in your heart. That means you just, it's kind of like a cow chewing his cud. He just brings it up and he chews it all over again. He swallows it and, you know, and he regurgitates it and chews it again. And some of us, we just need to think about what, you know, sometimes, how many of you ever done something that you just, you didn't, you didn't give it much thought? And you did it. And you go, that was dumb. That's what he's saying. He said, think about it. Ponder it in your heart. Think about it continually. And so the question is, as a pastor, here's a question I get. Well, Pastor Bubba, how do you know if the vision is from, like, just me or if it's God? How many of you ever asked that question? You go, like, is this really what, is this, like, did I have a pizza dream? You know? Or in this area, uh, an etouffee dream? Or did I have... Or is this God's dream for my life? Well, I'm glad you're asking these great questions. The first thing is God's vision, listen to this, is always bigger than me. It's always bigger than you. 
It's always bigger than me. Ephesians, you know this portion of Scripture, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, each of us, our uniquely designed lives is intended to live out in the context of something bigger than just us. God has something greater for everyone in this room. Look at, look at your name and say, you know, God's got something greater for you. And look at the neighbor you're trying to avoid. Say, you too. <laughs> He's got something greater. The second thing is God's dream and vision is impossible to accomplish without his help. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Like, let me give you a great example of that. In Abraham, when God called him out of his place, what God said, God, Abraham, you live in a great place. You live in a great spirit. I want to take you to another place. I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to give you a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And you're going to have lots of kids. They're going to number the, the stars of the earth. And, you know, Abraham leaves a place of safety where his father, his brothers, and everybody else was. And he made that journey with his wife, Sarai. And then he gets to the place. And, you know, he gets to the place. And God had promised him. And he went through all kinds of trials. I don't have enough time. And he kept wondering. And you imagine the Bible says when he was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 they still didn't have children that would be like and then you know what she got pregnant that, that think about it that's like mama and papa you know like you I mean you imagine Sarah 90 I don't know what God did to Abraham but the Bible says when Abraham looked at himself and Sarah this is what it said he felt he was good as dead I'll just say this Thank God for spiritual Viagra. <laughs> Mama! Papa! And you know what happened? Then when, they, when she really found out she was having a baby, remember, you imagine waiting 100 years. But can I tell you what God always has to do in every one of our lives? Listen to me. I want you to write it. Sign in your notes. Listen. God always comes to each and every one of us as individuals. You know what? you got to learn to surrender. And when you surrender and you step out in faith like Abraham did, think about it. I can't imagine the night he sit up there and look at the stars. God, you said, I have to have as many as the descendants of these stars. God, I'm hungry. You know, you know the story. He tried to make it, he tried to adopt, you know, his wife even gave him a maid. Come on. You know, well, do I have to, honey? But that wasn't the child of promise. He left all that. And then you know what God did? Because he surrendered and he stepped out on faith. You know what God began to do? God's blessing came in his life. It's the same with each and every one of us. God will bring every one of us to a place of surrender. Are you willing to surrender? Every great story that I ever read is about someone that was willing to surrender, step out in faith. You look at the Bible and then receive the blessings of God. And when the blessings of God come, guess what God begins to do again? Surrender. Again? Yes, and it's the rest of your life. Hello, amen on that one? And the second point is this. is The third point is God's vision is always compelling. God's vision and dream will not just, we won't let you go. It draws you, it captivates you, it pulls you in, in, in toward God's goal for your life. God's vision covers every dimension in life. 
You see, God not only has an individual for individual vision for people, but a corporate vision for families and for churches and what he's called us to do. You see, it's important that when you see God's vision that you're able to articulate it clearly and share with people God's vision for your life. I love when I share with people that have vision and they begin to articulate it and you get, you get excited about what God's spoken to them. Have you been around people that have been broken and they feel like there's nothing left and they're praying for their child and they see their child get saved? I looked at my grandmother. She'd call me at 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning while I'd be on the strip partying and, you know, drunk out of my mind. I'd get home in my apartment and the phone would ring. And it would be my grandmother. Her name was Nini. She goes, boy, that was my nickname to her. Boy, where you been? The Holy Ghost woke me up. I've been praying for you. What you been doing? <laughs> I didn't want to tell her what I've been doing. And she used to, she used to quote scripture to me. You know, you know she, she, you know, she just quote a scripture. And I was just like, God. Listen, I had to live like that. Because, see, and then Pastor Jacob had a youth group, and they started going out to where I used to party on McKinley Street on the Strip in Lafayette. And they were witness to people. I thought my grandmother had given them a picture of me. <laughs> I avoided them. I didn't even let I mean, but when I got saved, when I gave my life to the Lord, the next day I was on the Strip telling my friends about Jesus. And I remember my grandmother, when I got saved, she, she brought me around to her little Bible study, her prayer ladies, and she goes... This is him. This is who we've been praying for. I remember her, 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 her friend, Chris Barton, in Lake Charles. She goes, oh, Jesus, 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 let me touch him. It's a, rea- it's a reality. Let me tell you something. That little lady, when I was a missionary, sp- traveling all over the United States and other places, that lady supported me every month and prayed for me. And, and when I, and I mean, can I just tell you something? When you see God's vision done and completed and it can i tell you god's vision is never completed if it's bigger than you but when you can be along and you say hey this is it and when i look around this room i think about uh, you know it's important to see it but you know I, today i want to i just want to i want to do something a little different i want to take you on a journey back to see kind of where we've come from and where we've arrived today is that all right if it's not all right i'm gonna do it anyway but i, I look around the room where are you at where are you at janine Janine, where you at? Stand up. Janine was either at the first or second service we were ever at. Come on. Give. You know, and l- let me just say, 14 years ago, I think about it. 14 years ago, our church, and when I look back, our church was just, it was me, Pastor Steve Robinson, who has the largest church in Louisiana right now. They just finished their church it's, they raised $33 million cash. It's the largest church in Louisiana, in Mandeville, Louisiana, called Church of the King. Part of our spiritual family. You ought to be proud of them. It's one of my best friends in the world. And Pastor Jacob, my pastor. They came to me one day. I've been, doing, I've been traveling, uh, doing uh, clubs, uh, Bible clubs in public schools, speaking in public schools, red ribbon, blue ribbon, whatever ribbon, and all that kind of speaking in other churches, sharing about vision for people and stuff. And that's what I did. And we had a discipleship school back then that, that I started, and we were raising up people that are disciples. Josh and Lindsay actually came out of that school, which is crazy. And, and many others that are in full-time ministry. 
And I remember they come, we're, we're at a, one of my, my, my pastor's favorite restaurants, and it's called Ruby's in Lafayette, right across from Stellar Settings. And I remember we, we were there, and they were going, man, Bubba, Pastor Jacob had already been doing like a little men's Bible study here in town with a few men. And he goes, man, you know what? We need to start a church in Jennings. I said, yeah, we probably do. They go, yeah, but you know what? We need to really start a church. And, you know, we can't find someone that's, like, from, like, Nebraska. Nothing if you're from Nebraska, please, we love you. But, see, somebody that understands the region, the culture, and the people. And if someone's just, like, part of the culture. And I'm thinking, man, we need to find someone like that. <laughs> and I'm, because I'm, here I am. I'm Pastor Jacob's. I'm that I'm the chief associate pastor at this church that we just kicked off. I've been there eight months, okay? My wife and I had a brand new house, our first brand new house we've ever had in our life. And I forget. And, he, and, and it's like he looked at me, and it wasn't even Pastor Steve, uh, Jacob. It was Pastor Steve. He had a toothpick. I'll never forget. He goes, man of God, you the man. <laughs> I go, what do you mean I'm the man? You are Jennings. You're the region. Man, you're my Cajun, you're my Cajun buddy, Bubba. You're the man. And I didn't forget, you know, I could go on, but that, that was 14 years ago. And I remember we started a church in the Holiday Inn. And, you know, after four months, we just said, man, we need our own place. You know, and, and did, little did we know in that small group of people that came, the first service we ever had, there was 18 people. And I never forget, you know, we gathered, and most of those people were my family. <laughs> and we, we didn't know, we, we, we knew that Holiday Inn was a temporary place, but for almost four months, you know what we did? This is not a lie. And anybody that was a part of that, you can just, we met in a warehouse, we met at the conference center, and we even met in a barn. I never forget, anybody remember the barn? Come on. Okay, come on, raise your hand. Come on, there's a few people at the barn. I mean, it was a horse barn. And horses leave stuff in barns, okay? So, it w but we, the small group of people, we made a big step. We stepped out in faith, and in six and a half weeks, we had this, this property came available. And there's that front building up there, and it, we needed $130,000. And this is a cool thing. Matt Steller, who I should do a Bible study at Steller Settings, he said, Bubba, and he's known me. And he said, man, I'm so proud of what God's done in your life. Him and his wife, Cece, watched me in my walk with God. And they said, Bubba, we'll give you, we believe in what God's called you to do in that region. And what we'll do, Stellar Settings will give you up to $50,000 matching funds. He said, all you got to do, and we need 130. And I'll just tell you something. We had 33 people at that moment. And with 33 people and people from all over that knew us, that loved us, family life in Lafayette. Pastor Francis Martin was a friend of mine. They had a mission Sunday. They prayed and they gave 4000 to us. My friend Steve, sold, their church sold land and they tithed and they gave it to us. They gave us $12,000. I had friends that knew me, that, that called me. In fact, one of the guys that I used to work for at, at um, uh, where did I used to work? <laughs> uh, John Chance and Associates. I used to work there. The president, Phil Stutes, knew that we were starting a church. I never even called him. He just heard. And he said, Bubba, I remember you working for us, and I saw what God did in your life. And he sent a $500 check, his personal check. And then people just gave. 
And we, we came. And, we, and when I look back, you know, that, that was God started to draw families. And God began to draw students. And God began to be, you know, uh, to change, we began to change, and people began to change. But because Jesus, in, in 2004, we began to prepare for a stewardship cam, cam, campaign called Imagine the Place, where we literally moved from the front of that front building. That was our office. That was our church. That was our youth department, our children's department. And if you had to go to the bathroom, okay, how many of y'all remember those? If you had to go to the bathroom, the bathroom was in the sanctuary. Not like you, we could see you, but I mean, it was in the corner. So, like in the corner, I'm preaching like it would be in that corner. And if you had to go to the bathroom, you had to, you better had to go. And we knew when they flushed the toilet. Everybody <laughs> praise God. Well, you in there a long time, anyway. <laughs> you know what? We successfully completed that project and. The foyer was actually our church that we built. And this building right here, there was a bridge crane in that building, and I traded it for the sign, and I traded it for work. I mean, we were bargaining for Jesus all over the map. And just how God was able to do that. And then, you know, this and just what God's done. And in 2007, we, we, we felt compelled to launch a second campus in Eunice. And we began meeting in homes and sharing the vision of reaching people and building lives in Eunice area. I remember bringing, how many of y'all remember Her- Pastor Harry Gomes from India? He gets up here, takes his shoes off. He goes, he goes, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, and the God of Harry Gomes. <laughs> He's my precious Indian pastor. We went by, drove by the building. We have prime property on 190, Highway 190 in Eunice. I mean, it's the main drag. And we went and prayed for the building, and I told Pastor Harry about it. And I remember he goes, and he's going to be coming this year. Are y'all excited? And, and so, and, and he, uh, he, he, uh, he, he laid, we lay hands on the building, and, and he goes, well, I'm praying. He goes, I pray. Lord, right now. And he looks at me, that's, you got to know him. And he goes, and he looks at me, he goes, it's your building. It's our building. You know, and then, you know, and then what happened is we, that same year, we, we purchased four acres over here, and we bought that house, and, and we renovated that, and that's our central office building, and, and, uh, and then we installed, and you know, our first service in Eunice, we had over 200 people there, our first service, and, uh, you know, in 2010, we installed Pastor Jamie and Cheryl to be our full-time campus pastors, and Jamie uh, and Cheryl owned a business with Denny and Sabrina and just felt the call of God and how they believed and Denny and Sabrina believed the call of God on their lives. And man, let me tell you something. They're doing a great job. I'm so proud of them. And everybody, how many of you know Jamie? Come on, I mean, I know Miss Joe Fallback because she comes to me and she'll call me sometimes. She'll go, Pastor Bubba, I got to go see Jamie. I got to get a Jamie hit. <laughs> we'll get you hit and come on back. Anyway. But, you know, uh, we also purchased that year, you know, everything we did. And our Savior's Church heartbeat is this is, is to fill the Great Commission by reaching people and building lives. And we'll never change. We'll never vary from that. Because when I look at this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, 
And it's, just, it's the last words. You know, if Jesus, if someone, if your grandma, see, this is what you need to pray. In Eunice, we're trying to, we're believing God to buy. There's a corner on that. It's like prime real estate next to our building right there. Prime. Okay. It's a 92-year-old lady won't sell the property because on her death, on her daddy's deathbed, he said this. He said, baby, whatever you do, don't sell that property. Okay, 92. How many of you know she ain't got much longer? Jamie's talked to them, told them, you know, and they go, we know who you are. We, 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 you know, we would love the church to get that property and stuff. But there's all kinds of people who want that property. So you need to pray God give it to us. Amen? But see, what, never put a never on God. People put a never on, let me, let me say, people put a never on you, but God never puts a never on anybody ever. Amen? Amen. And so right here it says in, in Matthew, says, go therefore. That's a command. Go. When you tell your children it's time for you to leave home, go. You don't come back. Okay? Go and make disciples of all nations. Listen, disciples are made. They're not born. You have to make disciples, and you make and you disciple disciples to reach nations. Amen? It says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. In other words, God's saying, God is with us everywhere we go. Everywhere. And see, and so, so once again, we find ourselves, let me just say, right now, I'm just, say, we're at a defining moment in our church. And uh, in the history of our church, and we, we need to extend, we need to expand and we need to enhance. And what does that look like, Pastor? In order to continue to facilitate the vision of reaching people and building lives, our, our, our new ministry campus is vital. It's not something we just got to do. It's vital. It, it's not just nice, but it's necessary. Folks, this is not building a building. It's about, it's about, it's about reaching more people for Christ Jesus. It's about seeing their lives changed. Amen? And see, we exist not only for those that are here today, but for those that aren't here yet. You got an empty seat by you. I refuse. I told the ushers, I mean, it was, we had people standing in the back. We had to let the kids, don't put another chair out. I want you to feel pressure. What you mean, Pastor? You want, no, we need to, can I tell you, there's nothing like the momentum of a little pressure. You know, we're on the verge of starting a second service. In Easter, we'll do two services again. At Christmas, we had 286 people at Christmas time. We're on the we're we're at the we're averaging almost 200 people every Sunday. That's with kids, adults, everybody. And it's like it, it, it's a great moment in our church. But we exist not only for that. See what what's we're at a pivotal moment in our church history, and we find ourselves at a place where we got to you know it's like you know it's like the line's been drawn. It's now it's time to go. You know what? I'm stepping over that line, that imaginary line, saying that can't be done. Or that won't happen. And go, you know what, God, you gave us a word years ago. What you've promised us to do. And let me tell you something. I'm ready to believe for God to do something great. But I can't do it alone. And I need you to be able to see what we're going to do. And so what we did before I close today, we're just going to give you a glimpse of our future this morning. And we're going to show a video. So guys, go for it.
Our passion has always been, and will always be, reaching people and building lives. We exist today as a church because a handful of families were fully committed to being used by God to build a life-giving church that would reach a city, a region, and beyond. You know, it's incredible to think that over 14 years now, people from all walks of life have called Our Savior's Church home. Hundreds of people have connected with Jesus and others. Our mission is just simple. We want to reach people and we want to build lives. You know, the incredible thing by God's grace, OSC has grown exponentially. And we find ourselves today facing an incredible opportunity. Here's why. We exist not only for those who call OSC home, but also for the many in our region who have yet to find Christ. So the question remains, what are we willing to do as a church to extend our reach for more people and build more lives? You know, I believe in order to do this, to reach this region and beyond, we're launching our REACH project. The REACH project will lead us in a missional move to be a regional church that can better serve our communities, send out missionaries, and plant churches. So you may be asking, what is the REACH Project? The REACH Project will consist of three phases. It's gonna be extending, expanding, and enhancing. So our first phase, we're gonna be extending our REACH. This year, we're planning our third OSC church campus in Crowley, Louisiana. How exciting that is. I'm so pumped up about that. I just can't wait to see what God does. Here's why we're doing this. Jesus left his disciples with two assignments, to go and make disciples of all nations and to be witnesses in our city, our region, and to the end of the earth. We believe the local church is the hope of the world. We are church planting movement. Up to this point, every time we've added a new campus, God has added souls, and we believe this is exactly what God's going to do what's going to happen in crowd. Our second phase is we're going to be expanding our reach. You know, it's incredible. Our Jennings campus desperately needs more space. So in order to accommodate our rapid growth, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be building a brand new facility, and we're calling it the Reach Center. What does that look like, Pastor Bob? Well, our Reach Center will allow us to do more ministry than ever before by providing larger space for our OSC kids, for generations, our youth uh, ministry, local outreach initiatives, special events, and life groups. This facility will allow us to better equip and train people to be sent out into our city, our region, and really to the nations of the earth. In phase three, we'll be enhancing our reach. You know, I'm such, I'm so excited. I'm such in awe of how many families God has been joined to our Eunice campus from all over St. Landry Parish. So we will be enhancing our Eunice campus facilities to better facilitate the work God is doing at OSC in St. Landry area and beyond. I'm so excited what Jamie and Cheryl have been able to do at our Eunice campus and see these upgrades of improving our exterior aesthetics, our remodeling the bathrooms, up upgrading our current worship center with new state-of-the-art audio, video, and lighting, and, and the possibility of purchasing the adjacent property.
You may be asked, why are we doing all of this? The answer is simple. It's people. The Crowley Church Plant, the New Reach Center in Jennings, the Eunice Campus Upgrades will allow us to not only impact more people through our weekend services, but will also enable us to train, to equip, to send leaders to reach our community, our region, and the world for Jesus. I hope you're as excited about this as I am. And you know, I am so thankful to God for what he has done these past 14 years and look forward to what God's gonna do and to continue to do through our campuses and our church and our region. The REACH Project is not just for our children, but I believe this, but for the generations to come. I wanna ask you to prayerfully consider being a part of this God-sized dream. I know it's gonna take a great step of faith, but together with God's help, we'll see this dream become a reality. I believe that. Individually, each of us can certainly make an impact, but when we do it together, we can leave a greater footprint that will be seen for generations really to come. I'm asking you to join with me in extending, expanding, and enhancing our reach for all the glory of Jesus. It's time for us to reach. nothing like putting a full-on dagger in the devil's kidney or his liver you know and, and it's like you know you know when you look at that the reach project's just a moment in the life of our savior's church that's what it is it's a new fresh moment and the crowley church plant the the jennings uh, uh reach center the eunice campus upgrade will allow us not only to do more to reach people through our weekend service but enable us to train to equip and leaders to reach our community and uh, region and the world for Jesus. Because let me just say this. We are not a city church. We're a regional church. And, uh, you know, when are we doing this? You know, well, Pastor, well, when do we do this? And, you know, you got little cards on your chair and everything. When are we doing it? We're t we start today. And we're starting today. 
And we're going to continue for three years to believe God to see this come to pass. And we'll, tonight, and, and the cool thing is tonight we're launching our first Crowley Youth, our, our first Crowley Life Group. And I'm excited. I'm going to be doing that. And people that are part of our, our Crowley, uh, uh, we're going to start there. And you go, well, this is the first starting point of those people that are interested in the new campus. We'll let the, we'll let the growth and momentum, you know, just kind of push that to grow. And I believe that, you know, when we do that, we'll do it through a life group. And that's going to determine how we start Sunday services. And then phase two for Jennings Reach and for Eunice Enhancement, we'll begin those as the money comes in. That's just the bottom line. I mean, we get the money next week, we're doing it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? And not only that, but, you know, how are we going to do this? Well, since it's a God-sized task, uh, it's far beyond the ability of just one person to do this. But together, with God's help, let me just say, we can, st- we can, we can attain that vision. Amen. Listen, what we just showed you, that vision is bigger than all of us. When I look at that, I feel like Abraham. I'm like, Lord, I'm 54. I mean, I, I'm, I should be thinking about my 401K right now. You know, I'd be, you know what I mean? Yeah, but the thing is, how are we going to do it? The goal of the REACH Project is our church family to partner together and commit and give a million dollars financially over, uh, over and above your current tithe and current offering. First, the first weekend of March 23rd, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be gathering as leaders and make three financial, we're going to make a three-year financial commitment at our leadership commitment event. And the second, on the weekend of March 30th, our whole church will have the same opportunity to join us in this journey. So the question is, you know, you know, pastor, the question is, should, 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 what, what should we not ask? Let me just say this. What can I do? You shouldn't ask that. This is what I want you to ask. This is the question. What can God do through me? Not what I can do, but God, what can you do through me? Please begin praying, asking God this question as we financially invest in an exciting exciting future of our Savior's church. And so, you know, uh, it's time for us to reach. I believe that. It's time. It's time to reach out and believe for God to do something. What do, what do you want me to do, Pastor? I love the way, way y'all ask questions around this church. What do you want me to do? I want you to go on a journey with me, and I want you to do three things. The first thing I want you to do, I want you to partner. I'm the vision caster. I need people that are partner with us and be vision carriers. That you carry the vision. As, 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 you, as you lead others and you're asking, you share the passion to help you know, make this dream become a reality. Not only that, would you lend me your influence? Together, we can multiply our collective influence. I just want your influence. That's all I'm asking you. And the second thing I'm asking, I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to pray, asking, I'm asking everyone to pray together this entire campaign. Not only that, we're going to be having a, a devotional, a 35-day devotional we're going to be starting. And I want you to go through that devotional with us as well. And please pray. This one I want you to pray. Listen, I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for my wife. I want you to pray for our staff. I want you to pray for the leaders of our church. Why do you say that, Pastor Bubba? Listen, when we started doing all this and just even sharing, having a leadership night, begin to share with people, Zach got hit on his motorcycle. Okay? Joel had to go get his operation. My wife had some kind of aneba, something. I don't know what the heck's going on. But for two weeks, she couldn't hold food down, and I'll just let you know. It was coming from every direction. That's all I got to say. And, still, and she's still trying to find out 
what the cause is. I went through, I found my spot, all those different things. And, when I, and, it, and like this morning I go, and it started raining. And as a pastor, you go, that is the, that's the devil. <laughs> On a Sunday morning when it rains. And I just go, you know what, God, I don't care. for. You. I mean, God, you can throw everything that you want. But, God, I know that you rain. And, and I'm believing that, God, that you have something greater than any of us can imagine. And the last thing I'm asking you to do, I'm just asking you to participate. You know, we're asking everyone to prayerfully participate and reach throughout sacrificial giving. Because this is what has to happen. If you're going to give sacrificially, I know this. God never breathes on anything but sacrifice. And not only that, but I believe this, is that, that if you're going to sacrifice, that means it's a family sacrifice. It's a financial sacrifice. And I mean, you need to pray as a couple. You need to pray as a family. And you need to talk about it. And there's no, let me just say, there's not going to be any pressure on this end. We want you to hear from God. And also, it's not about equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. Because I know this, there can be a widow in this room that could give so much a week. And for them, that's like someone giving a million dollars. Do you understand me? And it's not about us um, waving the flag, who gave this and who gave that. That's not what we're doing. But we're believing God to do something. Now, at this time, what I want to do, ushers, come on up. Y'all come up. We're going to give each family, we're just going to give you one of these brochures. And inside this brochure, it's just going to show you details and share with you about things that are coming up. What we're believing, and boy, they got a, the best picture of me and Miss Tracy taking a long time together. Anyway, and, uh, you know, don't put that on your dartboard. Put that on your refrigerator and pray for us. And, uh, but, uh, and it just shares facts in the back. But we were like, just, just raise your hand as a family union. Just please, and we'll get these out really quickly. And if you want to go, let, let me just say, we'll pass out these flyers. And we have a, a new website. It's called reach.org. OSCConnect.com. Is it up, up there? No? It, it's, it's our new. You can go there. You can watch this video. It gives all the facts. It gives everything you need to know about what we're doing. It, it, just, it goes through it. At, at Reach.com, you can review the video that you just saw. You can see our blog. You can stay up to date on what's happening through Reach. You can look over all the, the, the facts. And uh, it's very powerful. I just believe that. And if you, you have questions about REACH after reviewing the site and the brochure, please email questions to REACH at OSCConnect.com. So, that's all I got. That's it. But let me just say this. Look at me. As they're passing those out, it's always. Listen, maybe you came to this service and you're going, Pastor Bubba, I, uh, man, I, I thought we were going to. You're going to share differently and stuff. Listen, I know there's a time and a moment and a season that you have to be willing to share things. And I believe as a family, this is us as a spiritual family coming together, letting you know where we feel God's called us and asked us to do. And I'm just asking you to participate, pray, and partner with us. And so what does that look like? Let me say, if you came here for the first time and you don't know the Lord, let me just remind you what I shared earlier. There comes a place in all of us that we have to come to that place that we just get sick and tired of ourselves. 
And we got to learn, we got to, you know what, I can't keep living and making the same choices that I'm making right now and expect the joy of God and the freedom that God's promised me of life, power, and peace in my life. If you don't have the power of God, you don't have the peace that passes all understanding, and you don't have freedom from habits and things in your life, those things have greater control over you than than the power of God and the spirit of God, then you need to learn to surrender your heart to Jesus. What does that look like? Jesus was willing to lay down all of his life. In order for you to have all of Jesus, you got to be willing to give all of yourself. It's a surrender. And when you surrender, can I tell you what happens? All of a sudden, the power and the freedom that Jesus promised us, when he shed his blood, that was for our sins, that God applies the blood to our sin, and he remembers that no more. No more. It's as though it never happened. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's called justified, just as if it never took place. You know what I mean? And then we got to step out in faith. You know, it's like you surrender and you step out in faith. God, you did this for me. I'm believing that you have a future, a dream for my life, and I want to do all that you have for me. Amen? And so, God, I step out in faith, and I'm going to trust the rest of my life in your hands. And then you want, you know what begins to happen? The blessings of God begin to take place. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was leading people to the Lord. I could believe for a parking spot in Walmart, just drive up. You know what I'm saying? And then you know what was kind of cool? Because there was such a fire in me. Because I believe that when you get on fire for God, the fire of sin can't hang on to you anymore. Because the fire of God just takes over. And I remember people coming to me, Bubba, I heard you like, you feel like, I remember one girl came to me and said, Bubba, I heard you're like a Jesus, like, you know, like, I go, freak? She goes, yeah, that. And I looked at her and I go, well, whose freak are you? Can I just tell you something? God loves you. God's spirit is here. Can let me just bow our heads and close our eyes. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Bubba, I, I realize that what you said, God has a vision for my life. And it's got to be bigger, bigger than me. It's about me trusting my whole life to him. And God's dream and vision seems impossible with me. Pastor Bob, I've tried to do things. Listen, God makes impossible possible. Wherever you're at, God sees right where you are. And the cool thing is not how you start the race of life. It's how you finish this race. That God looks at you one day and he goes, well done. Good, faithful servant. And I believe this, God's vision for your life is compelling. So you step out in faith and you watch the blessings of God, the power of God, the grace of God overtake your life. Because that's why we exist. We exist here today because Jesus gave us a commission to go. To go. For me, it was to come here. It was to leave my place of comfort in Lafayette to come. I was born in Lake Charles, grew up in Lafayette. God put me right smack in the middle. But God didn't just save Jennings, Baba. God promised us, and I, well, we need to put the prophecy on. I've been prophesied, spoken for years. When God called me back to this region, He told, it gave me this, the, the, that that scripture, and, and He said, when the, the 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 young man that was filled, he was he had a legion of demons. And he said, Jesus, I want to follow you. He said, if you want to follow me, go back to your hometown. Go back to your hometown. And you know what? That hometown, its name's Demopolis. 
And God called me back to Louisiana, just like that man. And Demopolis means, it means 10 cities. I didn't even know that. And then Pastor Jim prophesied, you're gonna, y'all going to start 10 churches in this region. It's just God. It's God. There's no way to explain it. I didn't make that story up or anything. It wasn't a pizza dream, but it was God. And God has something big for you. And maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor Brother, I haven't seen God's vision for my life. I've just allowed my life to be, I can't see beyond myself. I need Jesus. Would you pray for me, Pastor Bubba? I need him. There's no one looking around. If that's you, say, Pastor Bubba, would you pray for me? I need God's vision for my life. Just raise your hand, and I pray for you. Thank 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 you. So many people. So many people. That's what it's all about, church. We're doing it for people. Father, right now, you saw every hand that was raised. And Father, I pray right now that you would come and that God, thank you that God just says you've rescued me and so many people's lives. Lord, we look back at our lives and we're so shipwrecked. But yet, God, you came. And God, I ask you to come right now. And that, God, that you would just touch them with your forgiveness. I pray as that crowd to you, say, oh, God, forgive me. If that's you, raise your hand. Just say this under your breath. Say, God, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for living my own way, for living my own life, doing my own thing. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to give my life 100% to you. And that you let you come and live inside of me. And that you would wash away my filth, my sin, my habits. And that you would become stronger than any grip that, that has me on the planet of this earth. And that, God, that you, your hands would be wrapped around my heart, my life, my mind. You would change the way I think, to change the way I live. Today, Jesus, I give my life to you and I trust you from this day forward. I surrender and I step out in faith, believing, God, the blessings that you have for me, for my family, for the people that I love. That you can take a wrecked life like mine and you can make it Lord, I thank you that you're going to accomplish far beyond what they even thought or imagined what you can do in their life. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that their lives would be set free from the power of sin, hell, and the grave. And that the life, the abundant life of Jesus would come and enter into their hearts and into their lives. They would never be the same. And God, instead of being someone used by the enemy, they would be, they would be used against the enemy in all his plots. I pray that in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord a hand clap. We need to celebrate.